0: up everybody welcome back to another episode of silence your phones your movie review podcast found exclusively on the network at bicbp-radio.com i'm one of your hosts chris chavez joined as always by sean fritz i don't know what there's to talk about anymore i mean i know covid's still out there we always open the show with covid but i feel like i'm vaccinated now you're vaccinated now are you feeling kind of a little bit more an ease of mind as you travel through the world mask on
1: Yes, but I still have no hope for humanity.
0: <laughs> Dude, the world's going crazy. It's burning around us. But what are you going to do? What
1: are you I, gonna I have do? a fire extinguisher in my pocket. I don't know about you.
0: I'll tell you what, man. Watching the movie that we watched for today's show, I watched it again this morning. Uh, it was nice. It was a nice escape, right? Like I was watching it going like, oh, such simpler times, the 1950s, right? It was the 50s, 60s, 60s, such simpler times. Um, yeah, but I guess, you know, it's just, it's all within the context because we know, obviously the sixties was not a simple time, a lot of upheaval in the world and and in the country at the time as well. So I guess it just never changes. Why do we always look back thinking everything was better in the past and it really wasn't
1: probably because of our level of responsibility at that time. So for example, ah, true. uh, if I look back at the early nineties, it's like, Oh, it was great. Cause I didn't have to worry about anything. Um, if I was told to go somewhere, well, then that person's taking me there. Yeah. Uh, if, if I had to be somewhere, I didn't make those plans. The, I was, you know, effectively told again to go there yeah. and be there and be ready to go to, to leave for there. Um, no bills. Um, and if something had to happen like uh, vaccines for school, well, I didn't have to take care of it. I just had to, you know, it can't happen unless I'm there to get vaccinated, you know, for the uh, measles, mumps, rubella, Smallpox, chickenpox, uh, you know whatever else that they make you yep. take for every poxy school. pox, yep. Yeah, epoxypox, epoxy. You know those, that's the worst one because that just covers everything and closes it up. Um, but I, I think it's also, it, yeah. Um, you like that? Uh, the uh, it just it's just a it, it's looking back at when things were simpler because we didn't have it was simpler because you didn't have the level of responsibility that you do now. And the worry that you have now, you could watch the news and not know a damn thing of what they were talking about or a movie that's rated PG, like a league of their own that we watched last week Mm -hmm. and not, not understand half of the adult oriented references. Right. And, you know, and you're just like, oh, cool. A movie about baseball. Let's watch, you know, and, and that's what you did. You watched it. You liked it. You went, you moved on and you did whatever else you had to do the rest of the day. So I think it's just that longing for less responsibility, less stress. And the worst thing that would happen was social suicide of, look at these awesome pants that I wear. They're jean shorts, asshole. And they were pants the summer, the, the no winter before. they're awesome. Yeah. You're like, oh, but these are so comfortable. And you're like, nah, <laughs> nah, they're, they're really neat. See, I can make them shorter if I wanted to. If that becomes the style, guess what? It actually kind of is. Yeah. In... <laughs> Society again in the 2020 Yowzers. ones
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: uh, here. Hot take. Not on board. Sean Fritz says. <laughs> um, that's the end of that take.
0: <laughs> man, yeah. I don't know, man. The world is 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 definitely crazy. There's. It does feel like sometimes there's no hope for humanity, and it it's gonna make me. It makes me wonder what like the kid experiences right now. Like you said, we think back because at that time there was not much to worry about, you know. But nowadays even for little kids, this is the world we're living in is a little bit more kind of in their face. It's all over the place. It's on social media. It's in, you know, the, like our parents. Uh, I remember when CNN started cycling into like a 24 hour news cycle that like that was a big deal that you could have news on all the time. So I, c- I can't remember that. Right. But it felt again like my parents' stuff. Whatever was going on, like that was stuff they were. It didn't bother me. I didn't care. I didn't have it in my face every day. I walked out of the house and and you know went to the my neighbor that lived behind me and hung out in his his garage and listened to Guns and Roses tapes and and played
1: basketball. Tapes, and, ca- cassette yeah, tapes, by, yes, by the yes, way. Dude, you know I remember what those are.
0: Playing football in his front yard, you know, just playing t- uh, tackle football, tackle football in a front yard if you can, right? But like you're little kids, and to you, it was like Dude,
1: a okay. lot of room. Tackle football in someone's front yard. How many parents, people yeah. would stop and or like call 911 in that instance? There's somebody getting assaulted. How many cops would just stop and show up at that point? Like <laughs> and <now>. shoot you. <laughs>
0: But it's so true. Right. Like like you're right. Playing tackle football in the front yard back then was a thing. Kids were always out in the neighborhoods just kind of doing things, riding bikes, doing whatever. Um, And so we didn't have that kind of worry in the world. You're right. I think, you know, um, because obviously things were still going on. I just feel like this generation and the younger generation moving forward, it's got to be different, dude. It's got to be a different experience of having nonstop politics and hate and violence and just this kind of like bleak look at what humanity's like. Right.
1: It's crazy. So two things we played tackle football in elementary school at recess. Yeah. We got in trouble a lot. <laughs> uh, the other thing is.
0: Cause you were supposed to play two hand touch. You weren't supposed to play tackle.
1: Oh yeah. We weren't supposed to curse either. <laughs> um, I was one of the good kids. I was one. I yeah. was what you would consider a smalls. Uh, were you square. really? Oh, I was, dude, I was, oh man, was I square. Um, which, okay. Remind me of that when we get into the movie. All right. We'll definitely, um, we'll get into uh, it. Yeah. But um, specifically the use of the word square. <laughs> um, so uh, the other thing was um, a thought that just escaped me. Oh, oh, I know. Uh, so as far as the 24 hour mo- uh, news cycle goes, uh, you know, when, when did CNN was what, like, mid 90s maybe when cable really started to become a a big thing yeah Um, not that when when more regional cable providers started to become a thing as opposed to early to mid 90s it started booming yeah I mean there were small cable companies like Comcast or Xfinity or whatever they want to be called this week Uh, they were they're a conglomerate uh, not a conglomerate they're a probably yeah they are now but they were a company that bought up all these small little county-based or or multi-county based uh video providers uh, cable providers and just became this big near nationwide provider now um but there were less channels obviously the bigger the company the more negotiating power they have we're not here to talk about economics mm-hmm. but you know with with seeing with the uh, the rise of of 24-hour news cycles CNN CNBC and CNBC did something that everybody has copied that little ticker across the bottom of the screen yep. with the stocks. Yep. They didn't have just one. They had two. And, and now everybody has degrees.
0: like three and one across the top. And then they have sidebars that have all these different things that are going great. Dude, I can't take news channels, bro. Mm-mm. No, can't take them.
1: like when they start to frame out something like, um, uh, there's some, some show on ESPN where they, uh, pardon the interruption, I think it's called mm-hmm. where they frame the guys inside of a frame. And then they have like, News Every, on the top. Uh, they have they have their their agenda on the side. On uh, the bottom, they have no like thanks. sound effects and everything. I'm like, dude, there's way too much visual stimulus on this screen. Go back to the days of like, I don't know, one you person know talking.
0: This, it's yeah. like um, it's like uh, uh, idiocracy when he's sitting in front of all oh that goodness. stuff, just the nonstop. Screens.
1: Yeah, and
0: tickers and and flashing everything. Yeah, dude, it's it's definitely. You know, like you said, looking back as a kid, it, it felt like a freer time. And that's what this movie felt like. Like watching this film was like, oh my God, I just felt I felt like a kid watching it again because I was a kid when I first saw it. So watching it again, it definitely felt like that GI Joe when we watched GI Joe. Remember how I told you I felt like a kid on Saturday morning. That's not what this was, but it still felt like being a kid watching this film. And the film I'm talking about, folks that we watched for this week was continuing our baseball movies. This is Sandlot.
1: I know you're smart, and I'm proud of you. I want you to make some friends this summer.
0: Meet Scotty Smalls. Kale,
1: okay,
0: get it! The kid is a L7 weenie. My life's over. Man, this is baseball. You gotta stop thinking. You
1: just have fun. Climb trees, hop fences, get into trouble. Just stand there and stick your glove out in the air. I'll take care of it.
0: Now he's in. Yeah, all right. With the coolest guys in the neighborhood, they've got the look. Wendy Peppercorn. Wow. Hey girls. They've got the moves. Ah! They've got the rap. Blockhead, geek, jerk, idiot, moron. You bop rapels in the toilet, and you like it. You play ball like a girl. I got it. Something else has got their ball.
1: That wasn't my ball! Dad's father gave it to him. Babe Ruth signed
0: that ball. Babe Ruth! Ah! We gotta get that ball back. got any bright ideas? Initiate retrieval section number one. Power connect! Come on, help me, it's heavy! Now! Fire, Fire! Fire! 20th Century Fox presents. Hey guys, it's the Sandlot babies. You're the ones that making all that racket. Ah! A lifetime of adventure. Ah! Come on, Squid, you can do it. Pull through, Bud. <laughs> little Pervert. Gila. Ah! The Sandlot. A little piece of paradise, a half a block wide, and a whole season long.
1: Scotty, have you made any friends yet?
0: Oh, oh, I'm sorry, mom.
1: The and Sandlot, it's, and it's a the, the original, and it's a very relatable movie too. It's because what? it's very relatable. You know, it's it's um, you know, because it's kids. They're playing baseball. They're looking for friends. You know, or their their close-knit group of friends that you would play with like you said until every day until the end of the day when you went home and your mom's like or probably your dad too like shoot get the hell out of dodge yeah yeah, yeah. this is dodge don't be in it
0: right wait till this you get back in dodge when the sun goes down yeah other than that you're out of dodge uh let's get into the plot Yeah, Sandlot takes place in the 60s. It just basically tells the story of this kid. Uh, what's his first name? Because I just all know their, their nicknames and his last name. Smalls. Scott. Scott Smalls moves to, you know, his family moves to this town. And I love the narration at the beginning because he dis- he says how, like, oh, just his luck. It's at the very end of the school year. Not enough time to make friends. So he starts this, like, summer not really knowing anybody. But this neighborhood he lives in is full of kids. And there's a whole, like, neighborhood bunch of ruffians that like to play baseball in this sandlot hence the name of the film um and that's what this film is
1: it well it's very um the the narration is very wonder years like which came out a few years before
0: Also reminded me of Stand By Me, almost very Stephen King-ish. Like, oh, you've never seen Stand By Me? Same idea. Starts out with an older guy talking about what it was like to be young and with this group of friends that kind of impacted him at at this point in his life. And then it flashes back to the the whole movie's them being kids. Um, But, yeah, that's what it kind of – you're right. It's very Wonder Years. It's very much like – this is what it was back in the day when me and my friends were growing up and this is, and, but he's telling us why he was so impacted by these kids, right? Baseball becomes a centralized thing in his life. He's more of a nerdy wasn't. kid, right? And it wasn't at first. He's more of a nerdy kid. You know, you, you know, he's got the erector sets. He's got the the little science chemistry sets, all that kind of thing. Um, this kid
1: probably has a wood burning kit too.
0: bet you. He does. <laughs> I would bet he does. Um, And his mom wants him, you know, go out and meet kids in the neighborhood. And so he notices these kids playing baseball. And so he grabs this plastic glove his grandmother bought him and just kind of goes out there and is watching them. Um, And in the interaction we have with these kids, we realize that, first of all, it it reminded me of like, do you remember how easy I mean, I guess not easy, but like so much easier to make friends when you're a kid, like much younger kid. When you get when you start getting to that age where you become too self-aware, where you start to become awkward and not. You know, you don't want to be made to look like an idiot. Like the age before that, how easy it was to just look at a kid across the street and just wave and then run over there and be like, What are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? Nothing. Want to play? Yeah, let's play. Yeah, what do you want to play? Well, doesn't matter. Yeah, let's just do something. Come on, let's hang mm-hmm. out. My name is, What's your name? My name is this. Cool. You want to be friends? Yeah, cool. Yeah.
1: Oh, we're friends today. Yeah. Cool.
0: Cool. Want to start a podcast? Yeah, sure. Cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that's pretty much how that goes. That's how it is now, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that, and that, listeners, is the tale of Chris and Anthony. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then Chris and Johnny and then Chris and Sean and then <laughs> all my friends now are my podcast friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, it was it, it was it's one of those things right And so this kid ends up becoming friends with with this bunch of, of other kids playing ball in the sand lot and he learns how to play baseball through them. Um, a centralized thing that's happening in this though is that his stepdad is a, b- a big fan of baseball and has a ball signed by Babe Ruth, right? And what ends up happening in this film is these kids lose one of their balls uh, over the fence. And we get introduced to this beast of a, of a dog, uh, aptly named Beast.
1: And the well, new kid that they aptly named.
0: Yes. Yeah, and this whole mythical story behind him was amazing. Uh, this little So this kid, Scott, you know, S- Scott Smalls doesn't know better. So he's about to go over there and they're like, you're going to die. Don't do that. So he learns that this beast is anything that goes over the fence now belongs to this dog. Cause it's, it's, it's a child eater that a kid had once gone over the fence and it was never seen again. Like literally the, the dog ate the kid.
1: Okay. So, First of all, <laughs> all right. The, the beginning uh, at the, uh, when they go through the, the montage, which yeah. they did a very good job of Dude, the, the yes. montage of the dog. When they throw him the Fred Flintstone size rack of ribs,
0: (laughs) he's a little puppy. They throw him that thing, dude. I burst out laughing. Like I said, I saw this when I was a kid. So seeing it again, there was a lot of stuff I forgot. But when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's right. I love this. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so there's this beast now, and we learned that the, you know, it keeps all of these balls. So they get a new ball and they're playing for a little bit longer in the film. And now this ball gets destroyed because. Uh, the star of this this group of kids, the kind of you know the the athletic figure Benny the Jet, ends up breaking the ball. Literally hitting it so hard it rips out of its uh, skin casing. You know, it just right out of the leather. He now, must I'll tell have you Watched something. The
1: Natural for inspiration that day.
0: When I saw that dude, immediately what came to mind was how ridiculous it felt in The Natural. Mm-hmm. Remember how I said to me it just felt ridiculous? It doesn't feel ridiculous in this movie. Why not? Um,
1: so I have a thought here.
0: Is it the way it was done? Like why not?
1: Well, it's a kid, first of all. Okay. And it's this there are stakes. They have one baseball, and that yes. baseball costs ninety-eight cents.
0: Yes. But which is could that, might as well be fifty bucks to
1: these kids back in those days. But they also reference trading in bottles mm-hmm. to to get the five cent deposit. Yep. Which anyway, we're not gonna get into how that works. And how old uh, we
0: are that we understand yeah, yeah. this.
1: <laughs> well, Okay, since you mentioned that, yes, we will. Um, (laughs) When you uh, pull up a seat, kitties. I don't believe that they do that in where you where you live in New York, do they? The you have to take. Oh, you have to take them back. Yeah. For the five cents. We have
0: we have the the bottles and cans. Yep.
1: So as far as that goes, to my understanding, at least, this is how it works in Vermont. Because a friend of mine who explained this to me lived in Vermont at the time. um, Is when you buy, let's say, you buy a six pack of. Mm -hmm. Glass bottles of Coke, and it costs a dollar a bottle. That's six dollars. If it's a five cent deposit, if it's a five cent return on that, you're paying a dollar five per bottle plus tax. Yep. Yep. And that five cents on top of that dollar is returned to you upon, you know, return of the the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or you have to take it to the plant. I think this is before they had pickup, but and it might still be that way. I don't know. Oh yeah, so no, I don't
0: get paid for anything in my recycle bin. I got to take yeah. it to the you actual. You have to actually place. take it, and they'll yeah.
1: give you. Yeah. So these kids were just, these guys were hustlers. Yeah. You know, they, they oh, I'm yeah. sorry, they were hustling. They weren't hustlers. Um, they were, you know, they were looking for five cents here, and it might have been a penny at the time. Who knows? But yeah, you know, and in the '60s, I doubt they were given five cents back because the money is probably, you know, yeah, more. You know, the inflation and such.
0: Yeah. So he tears this ball up. Now they don't have a ball and uh, little Scott smalls, you know, not knowing anything really. Cause he doesn't know anything about baseball says, uh, Hey, my stepdad has a ball we could use. Let me go grab it. Right.
1: Yeah. And the, the, the irony here, the, the, the ironic part maybe is the um <laughs> that, that notepad that he writes is uh, what does, you know what? What does he put like? Who is the great Bambino, or or stuff, stuff to remember for baseball?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because he hears these kids reference the great Bambino and all yeah. of his his uh, you know flourishing of nicknames. Um, so they use this Babe Ruth ball. It ends up going over the fence, and now they're like, "Shit, we can't get it." Because at first he doesn't know who it is. He's like, "You know, it's super important," and he's freaking out. And the kids are like, well, "And they never look so at important? the ball either.
1: No, to no. see what it.
0: Just throwing it around. Yeah. No big deal." And I'm thinking, "Oh my god." Oh, my God, they're hit. Oh, my God, they hit that ball. Oh, my. What are they doing with that ball? Right. Kids are like, uh, "What? it's not a big deal. We'll go get another ball. You know, it's OK. We had some time to play. He's like, you don't get it. You got it from a friend of his. It's super special. Some lady, mm-hmm. Ruth. She even some... cited her. her name's Ruth. Baby, Baby, Ruth. Yeah. And they're like, babe, Ruth. They literally flip out. So then it becomes a film of these kids getting the ball back, uh, coming to terms with their fears. And, you know, with this animal, this dog. Um, And that's I mean, the whole entire movie is about this kid moving to this film or to this town, becoming friends with these kids and kind of having that coming of age summer. Right. Growing with these kids. Uh, And it even ends with the whole like not a a montage, but what is it? The wrap up where the narrator just kind of tells you what ends up happening to these kids as they get older, which I love those types of things. Happens in Stand By Me. uh,
1: American Graffiti.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love those. I really do. And Homer
1: Simpson even did a song about it. About Animal House, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's ridiculous. I'll, um, I'll find it for you. But it, it, it American, uh, Amer, uh, Animal House did the Animal same thing. Animal House, yeah. I love those things, though, dude. And uh,
0: but yeah. So that's what this film is. It's 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 just a strict. It's a coming of age tale about this kid with baseball as its central theme, right? Um, but dude, I, you know, in terms of plot, I was watching it. Obviously, there's things in here and there where you're just like what come on just do this or but overall i just felt like this was super solid in terms of
1: plot yeah i I think so too um i did some some number crunching here on the side Uh, a 98 cent baseball and and i'm remembering that 98 cents that's what they were talking about right um in today's with inflation is uh, a little overpriced for a baseball uh eight dollars 60 cents
0: Ooh, yeah i would say so isn't it only like a couple of bucks for a baseball like how much is a baseball now
1: well so here's the thing uh i went on dick's sporting goods website and by the way i don't know how you search for a baseball and not get how you search for baseball on dick's sporting goods dot, or dicks.com which was very nervous to type into my my uh my <laughs> machine, like I'm By i'm sure the
0: way. this is it yeah we'll see. let's
1: hope um and uh, I just typed baseball and I yeah, got don't over 2,000 results. Balls.
0: You don't want to didn't, search didn't that put way. That in.
1: Yeah, <laughs> didn't put that in. Um, but I I, I I searched on Jeez. on on Dick Sporting Goods for baseball and I got 2,000 plus results. and None of them were baseballs. I'm like, so do you search for like baseball ball? Like, how redundant <laughs> is that? Yeah. All right. So I just went over to Amazon and uh, you can get a three pack of baseballs for nine ninety nine. So okay, so
0: about three bucks a piece. More or, little, or less, yeah,
1: little, little overpriced. So they didn't take into account the
0: the abundance of baseballs nowadays. So the prices wouldn't be, you know, the, the supply and demand,
1: if you will. Well, let's look at inflation in 1992 when this movie was filmed, <laughs> uh and it's about four dollars fifty-five cents. So it's a little better, yeah, but you know, it's still there. You go. You know, it's still a little whatever. Um, there. You
0: go. Anything else you want to say about the plot?
1: Um, I thought it was, very, like you said, uh, a very good coming of age tale. Uh, the movie, though, uh, I think, you know, we're, we're looking at the movie in third person. Yeah. Um, but it's about the perception. The whole film is painted uh, with the perception of these kids. The dog. Yes. The, you know, the guy behind the sandlot. Yes. Um, are they actually as good as they are? Uh, that-
0: exactly. So that's what I was going to say. When he rips that thing apart, is like, mm-hmm. does it feel better because you know that this is being told from the a guy who's has the memory of what it felt like to be a kid, where everything's more grandiose. So, mm-hmm. you know, the fish is obviously bigger. You know what
1: I mean? Well, and at the same time, um, this is before the the theory. Uh, well, the Mandela Effect uh, was a was a legitimate yeah. theory. Yeah, yeah. Um, the this was also uh, before, um, what is it? The, the, the effect of memory experiences and memory were really painted. It's like, well, if someone says that this is it, it's either they're lying a hundred percent or they're being a hundred percent truthful. There's right. not a gray area, which I think science has proven over time that that is in fact not the case. Um, the, you know, so there's that, uh, it's, uh, and again, it's painted in the perception of these kids. So as you said, the fish is bigger, yeah. the dog, the legend of this dog you exactly. know, the, the 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 cultural story or not the, cult, the 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 local stories that are passed around the legend of things uh, you know is very much the perception of how these kids hear it see it and interpret it as opposed to what really happened
0: even the imagery of the dog, like until he actually is over the fence and comes face to face with the dog for real in real life, everything we see about the dog is very much oversized, bestial monster, like puffs of smoke and everything just coming out from, you know, it's all this kind of fantastical, this beast. Right. And then we see it's this dog. And so you understand, like when you're a kid, big dogs seemed much bigger the thing was literally the size of you you know what i mean
1: as tall yeah and scary as hell and not as tall as me like when he's on his hind legs right as tall (laughs) as me
0: standing normal yeah
1: and i'm six two this dog's back tops out right around my height yeah you Um, know what i mean and i think when they did the when they did the flashback for the dog's got to be locked up forever uh, <laughs> forever yes for, they repeated it three or four times forever. Um, um but the you know the the i think that the if i'm not mistaken the guy that was the owner if they showed him i believe and maybe because it was black and white film they did this on purpose was a white dude yeah if i'm not mistaken yeah and you know in later as we'll talk later uh, later in the film, you see that it, that's everything that was told is incorrect, and even right. though the one guy's grandfather was the cop that locked him away, you know that uh, that bit of information either changed over time or. I was, know, uh, was I was
0: assuming this was just kind of the filmmaker's fun way of kind of making a commentary on Star Wars and the reveal mm-hmm. of Vader, uh, red herring too. The old crusty white man. <laughs> and he really wasn't um anyway all right let's move on to the uh the acting the cast this is a fun cast and i know this cast obviously from you know nostalgia memory like this group of kids i remember you know because this was a movie we watched a bunch of times when i was younger it was a movie that we quoted a lot I mean, I don't know how many times I've said, you're killing me, Smalls, you know, when somebody's literally killing, not literally killing me, but you know what I mean, figuratively killing me. Um, But this is a pretty decent cast, a fun cast. Um, So let's get into them, dude. Scott Smalls, the kid, the kid who played Scott Smalls, a kid named Thomas Geary, 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 perhaps. So... When I look at his, he was uh, tw- 12 years old when he did this film, right? But then I see these other films he was in. I was like, wow, I would never know this was the kid from the Sandlot. Apparently, he was in Black Hawk Down, Mystic wow. River, The Revenant. Uh, Remember U-571, the uh, mm-hmm. the submarine movie? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, wouldn't have known he was in any. Like, if I see him today, I wouldn't know. I, I don't think maybe only a couple of these guys I'd know, these kids. Cause I've seen what they look like now as, as they got older, but mm-hmm. some
1: of the other ones I wouldn't know, you know? Yeah. He looks much different. I mean, but he, he really, looks,
0: this kid was good. This good. kid like, you know, we always talk about child actors and how they could make or break a film, a whole film of child actors. And I felt like every single one of these characters, uh, these little actors, these kids were so on point or dude, they were like, literally
1: they were these characters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, they are these characters at this point. But yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. And and this guy... All right, we're going to get into the square discussion here. <laughs> Scotty Smalls. Well, first of all, this is uh, Tom Geary's first role. And he plays this kid that is deer in headlights, doesn't know what to do, Awkward. doesn't know how to act around other kids, which was great. It was great for the role because I think a lot of these kids were pretty close to being unknowns at the time yeah and and you know he he was and I'm sitting there and I'm just watching I'm like this kid is such a square and then I said to myself immediately after that in my internal dialogue you're a fucking old man who the hell uses the word square in their 30s (laughs) so that's amazing it it, I was I was like what the hell Sean French you're getting you're becoming an old man Um, but yeah he was he was great and very very um, believable in this role he really his his emotional range as a little kid like how how uh, so the director what's his name director writer david mickey evans how do you get this kid to be like hey you have to act like you're gonna get grounded for life and you may never see the sun again it's like, you can't really, you don't have a like a, a life of experience to call back on. Yeah. Like when was the last time you got grounded? Well, like, like a month before casting. Yeah. Right. Uh, and what'd you do? I stayed out past six o'clock. Now imagine okay, if you well, stayed out until ima- midnight. Yeah. Imagine if you didn't come oh, home shit. till six the next morning, <laughs> how tired you'd be, how hopped up on sugar you'd be and how sick you'd feel. Mm. And then how much you were dreading telling your parents or seeing them. Or like, hey, you just got kicked out of school. I'm like, oh, shit. fuck. (laughs) Like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, just the way he was so uh, his emotion, his range of emotions were very good in this movie, I thought.
0: I thought so as well, dude. And, and just being awkward and not, not really, you know, he, he wanted to be friends with these kids, but then like the second they all started making fun of him, that defeated kind of, you know, he just, he did a great job. This kid was good. Mm -hmm. Did you know the director, David, uh, Mickey Evans was the narrator. He did the voice uh, for the adult Scott Smalls.
1: And that makes sense because he wrote the movie. He know how to, you know, he, he knew where all the good beats were to, for that emotion and, and just how to, whatever he couldn't get the kids to do, I guess. Also, he could just do a a voiceover and it was, it was not overbearing. It was not too much, you know, and it was, it was like, again, the wonder years, it was a good bookend to each scene or to each act of the movie Yeah. uh, and the movie itself. It it had a very good through line to it as well. And, and telling the story and, and assisting with the storytelling where the acting couldn't.
0: Yep. Uh, Michael Anthony Vitar plays Benjamin Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Uh, I'm looking at his Wikipedia, dude. This guy was a firefighter as well at some mm-hmm. point in his life. He retired from acting in 1997. He uh, started acting at 12 when he was spotted in line for a ride at a school carnival. So that's all it took back in the day was that all you had to have was a look. They couldn't mm-hmm. care if you acted or not. You just had a look and they're like, that's the that's going to be the kid who's going to be Benny the Jet.
1: But he was very good in this movie. You know, I would I would say he he carried the movie, him and uh, maybe one or two other folks, but he carried the movie. He was the focal point of most of the movie. He was the 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 group leader, and uh, you know had the biggest, um, I guess, the most satisfactory ending to yeah. the movie as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, fun fact: His older brother Pablo Vitar plays the older version of Benny the Jet in this film.
1: Yowzes. He yowses. Uh, colon, colon cancer. Oh, that's not good. 2008. Uh, also, not the only character, not the only actor to show up in the Mighty Ducks movies. From no, no, movie. no, a lot of
0: these kids were kind of in the Mighty Ducks movies together mm. as well. Uh, my favorite character, and I think a lot of people's favorite character in this film was the smart mouthed, <laughs> wise cracking Patrick Renna as he plays Hamilton Ham Porter. Uh, I loved this kid, dude. This kid is a, you need the mouth as the catcher, right? The one that's the oh. smart ass talking shit. And he was perfect for this character, dude.
1: Well, and and I mean, in major league, you know, Dorn is always talking to, yep. uh, you know, it, it's basically, he's a PG version of yes. Roger Dorn. Yes. from Major league. Exactly. You know, he's like, Oh, is that your sister out in left field? Is she naked naked. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is, I, it has to be her? <laughs> yeah, which which has to be a direct reference to major league in that Rude. hey i saw those naked pictures that, uh, of your wife that were being passed around yeah yeah <laughs> like oh it has to be the same uh, the same but you know he went on to be like this redhead you know a little heavier kid um and uh, was he in heavyweights by the way he was May- not maybe he was not actually i couldn't tell you but um, um but he's, you know, uh, being in uh, you know the Big Green, which is a soccer movie with a yeah. Red that's kid. that's what
0: I remember him being in. Yeah, he's a goalie, I think, in that one.
1: Yeah, and you know, I don't recognize beyond that one.
0: I mean, he's done some of, TV
1: work later on. I think that you know some series you'd you'd know.
0: Uh, like the X-Files? X-Files, like maybe one episode. Mm-hmm. He's like a guest on there. Uh, but yeah, this dude corrects me up in this. I love the the scene with him and the, uh, the the official baseball team, and they're just calling each other names back and forth. Okay. And I was just waiting. Who's going to be like the, the asshole and like really say something dirty? But they didn't. They kept it pretty clean, dude.
1: Yeah, but because kids are so... Creative. Uh, <laughs> that, but they are so basic in what they know their life experiences and and, you know and and but so okay speaking of that the the baseball team the biker gang baseball team more or less (laughs) yeah but they wear uniforms they have socks and stirrups not just socks with stirrups painted on them and they sucked (laughs) oh yeah legit
0: right like this this team was destroying them
1: legit in air quotes because remember this is the perception that they were the worst team exactly
0: um, again and we were, it was a glorious win that day they all went out to celebrate afterwards like a lot, a lot of this stuff you're right it's like you also have to look back and remember this is a guy that's kind of reminiscing and what he remembers it being like
1: okay so two things about Patrick Reno. okay let's uh, deal with the good or the bad first uh-oh go with the good okay so he became the great Hambino at the end of the movie right yeah yeah in a, he's uh, a
0: professional wrestler, he yeah, he's a in,
1: professional wrestler. In a um, oh, what's the in a uh, in, in a very kismet moment, let's say, uh, in 2018, he played cupcake in the TV show Glow. So, really, he, so is this a prequel to Glow? Wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, dude. Um, you want the bad now? Yeah, what is it? He's a Scientologist. What. That's, that's a whole sentence on wikipedia we, he we, is a scientologist
0: and 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 uh, yeah let's move on before we get sued
1: <laughs> hey we can't get sued for stating what facts. is it they
0: call it what is it they say that they do they come suppressed or whatever it
1: is they uh suppresses people yeah yeah um, Us.
0: my other favorite character in this film chauncey leopardi he played mm-hmm. squints mm-hmm. this kid with his buck teeth and that that pff, grin he always had dude for a while there every time i looked at him i was like this kid little kid looks like like this could be steve-o when he was a little
1: kid i thought the same thing right <laughs> yes, it's what guy. the hell it's like it's like baby steve-o <laughs> it okay. really was dude okay dear hollywood if you're listening to this and there Steve-O ever becomes be the a steve-o sand- show oh god yeah, if there ever becomes uh oh this is th- this is 28 years ago though so they're all archival footage yeah we'll just we'll dh Stevo at this point too funny uh this guy had a huge well he still does a long career yeah like uh, i mean i don't know what he looks like because there's no there's no picture of him on wikipedia so let's go to our let's cite our second source imdb (laughs) and wow they have a, a young kid picture of him looking all nerd like but from a different movie. He was in Father of the Bride, so I can imagine that he picked up some subtleties from Steve Martin. Yeah. What did you think of uh, the Timmons brothers? Hold on, he was also on an episode of Walker Texas Ranger. Oh. Career We're highlight.
0: Feeling. Career highlight.
1: Career lowlight. <laughs> he was all no. That's on who No, no, no. Jag. No, that was there was this that was a new sentence about a new uh (laughs) there's a segue here uh the career low light he also was in sandlot the sandlot heading home 2017 straight to dvd movie stop dude i don't even want to know that any about
0: oh i saw that they did all these straight to dvd sequels and prequels and tv shows and
1: no thanks oh he was in freaks and geeks how about that
0: that makes sense um But yeah, the Timmons brothers, dude, Victor Demadia played the older Timmy Timmons and Shane Obed, Obedens, Obzinski played repeat, Tommy repeat. So there's Timmy and Tommy Timmons. Did they
1: avoid the Pete and repeat joke? Oh, they should have. They should have just done that.
0: But dude, that was, uh, I liked, every one of these kids was great. Um, Brandon Quinton, the the, 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 you know, the only African American, the black kid Mm -hmm. on the, in the
1: Sandlot. Um, also so, in The Mighty Ducks. Also
0: in Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. The game? No, the movie. Did you ever see the movie? No. Did you ever see Michael Jackson's video, Smooth Criminal?
1: Oh, yeah. That's oh, from the he, movie. Oh, is he the little he's kid? He's that
0: little kid doing all the dancing no. and stuff. You know who and else yes, is in that movie? He's little mini
1: Michael Jackson. You know who else is in that? in that? Danny DeVito in the long version.
0: What? What is Danny DeVito.
1: He's some gangster. He's some short gangster, just like he plays in the heist with Gene Hackman. I
0: don't remember it because I've seen it. Yeah, I've definitely seen the movie. Um Moonwalker. If you've never, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna make us watch that for this this podcast. We're watching just, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, dude.
1: Chris, I just put it on the list, by the way. Yes,
0: yes. Oh man, this is gonna be amazing. We're gonna have is to it have it'll be in a grouping of like uh The Whiz with Michael Jackson. Uh we'll have to also add uh what else? It was something else that came to mind. I just lost it. It'll come back. Uh anyway, yeah. Overall, dude, I'm just I'm just wanted to say, you know, these kids were all great. I thought they were, I mean, they're 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 memorable characters. They did a great job in portraying the characters. There was nothing that was unbelievable about them. I thought they was great the way they played them.
1: The only I mean, these kids would have been the the thing that I noticed toward the end of the movie when they start to get, quote, creative, uh, with all their Rube Goldberg machines mm-hmm. is these kids have and this echoes to what we watched last week uh not a league of their own by the way um was uh, uh or actually was it yesterday yeah sort of yeah just recently the let's last, just say that our last episode yeah, yeah. It, just recently uh these kids would be incredibly creative potheads when it comes to <laughs> you know engineering ingenuity creativity you know that that uh that whole sentence i just said
0: one of them may have gone on to be remember at the end that they said uh one of them found the 60s or got into the 60s and was never seen again
1: (laughs) oh yeah he became a hippie a hippie or just a traveling dead uh, deadhead yeah yeah
0: who knows um yeah they did a great job dude um let's talk about um what's his name dennis leary weird casting Definitely, definitely a different like what makes you think because Dennis Leary at the time during this, I mean, he's a no, he's he's starting to make his name as a comedian. No, he's already a well known comedian by then. Right. But as a comedian, a more like cutting edge type of comedian, his whole thing was about, you know, the smoke and a cigarette being kind of like edgy and and uh, Mm -hmm. and now he's he's playing this character. and, And it's I don't know how many films he had been in before this two. which ones were they the ref or was the ref after.
1: That was uh, the next year. Um, okay. In 87, he did The Long Walk to Forever, which Never was a short film. Yeah, uh, 91, he was Jake. played. He did a cameo part in Strictly Business. Okay. And then he did Sandlot, Who's the Man? Demolition Man, Loaded Weapon 1. So yeah, he was just getting Judgment into Night films then, in basically.
0: Yeah. Oh, Judgment Day is a good one. That's no, a good
1: film. No, no, no. Judgment Night.
0: Oh, Judgment Night still a good film. Both Judgments, Judgment Day, Judgment Night. Let's do them both. Um, James Earl Jones. Did you Who's see that? that one coming?
1: No. Um. Oh, well, okay, Mr. Myrtle. Um, I did. I forgot.
0: I forgot he was in it. To be honest, I completely forgot. I didn't see his name pop up at all. Uh, so I got. It. I just when I saw him, I was like, Oh, that's right,
1: Darth Vader's in this. Okay, so I, I knew James Earl Jones was in it. Only because I heard an interview last week uh, with I forget who the actor was. Um, I'm going to scramble to find it while I talk. Um, but they were talking about how um, there it, because it's the 28th season of or 28th season 28th uh, what is this anniversary of mm-hmm. um, the Sandlot that the that there is a uh, what is it? A um, a commemoration uh thing. So, you, here the cast of the sand lot announces limited edition baseball cards, not the ones they put out, not the ones that people blew uh, blew, uh, bootleg on Etsy. It's the pictures that the parents took behind the scenes.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Here's the rub uh, you buy them like they're packs of baseball cards, mm-hmm. you know, and you open it up and it's you know Random. you have your foil your holograph lithograph pictures uh, or cards um however they're all digital and they use what's called a uh, an nft a non-fungible oh, token I
0: can't, I can't even get into these nfts right now dude i can't even it, with that it's right a now. new
1: thing but yeah. it, it's an interesting concept because everything is digital now and it's the cheapest way to produce content mhm what I don't understand is artists selling NFTs for their artwork, like one of a kind. But so you, so you can, can resell you're the it. Yeah. Yeah, but you can resell it, or you can yeah destroy it. I, I don't. I don't. Can you destroy yeah. an NFT? I don't know. I don't know
0: how it works, dude. But Mm-mm. no, I'm not there yet. I'm too, yet. For this. I'm too for we'll, see. Shit.
1: we'll see. But I thought that was a pretty interesting thing. And there's they uh, he mentioned that there's the potential for some sort of um you know, some sort of uh, potential real new movie. Yeah. Uh, Again, I'm like,
0: okay, don't mess with it. Leave it alone. Classics are meant to be left alone.
1: Yeah, James Earl Jones, man, let him be left alone. Oh, but they said something about James Earl Jones uh, as well. Gotcha. That was, there was a long way to get to that. <laughs> and so I heard, but I didn't remember, you know, that he was in it.
0: Uh, let's not forget, dude, Marion Ravenwood's in this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marian Raven Ravenwood played by Karen Allen. She was in Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's not her name in this. She plays the mother of Scott Smalls. Um, but, you know, Karen Allen of Animal House fame, uh, Scrooged. I love that film. I watch it every Christmas time. One of my favorite versions of A Christmas Carol. But every time I see Karen Allen, I always, always, the, my first instinct is, is to go, Oh, hey, it's Lois Lane. No, it's not Lois Lane. Not the same <laughs> actress. But for some reason, I always can, I, I I always can, uh, you know, mistake them both. She was in Animal House. Yep, that was her first film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but great heart. performance, I thought. Again, she plays this mother pretty well. You know, even the interaction between her and Dennis Leary, even though it's super like brief on the screen, it's very believable. Like it didn't feel like cardboard cutout didn't feel fake didn't feel hollow it felt like this was a woman and her new husband really trying to make sure that they bond you know her son and her husband bond
1: yeah and and you know it the movie is believable in that sense that there is uh, you know a, a woman with a son, with a child and especially in the 60s it was you know all right this isn't yeah. my kid and you know i'm still you know a a parental figure for him um but it's also at the very end where he shakes his hand when he goes to i think when he leaves you're the man of the house now which was a standard expectation but but also he shakes his hand he doesn't give him a hug or, or anything like that it's like well this is definitely um at least of a time yeah um anything else to say about the acting no, I think, well, no, yes. Uh, I think everything was was very serviceable. Uh, uh, very believable, not serviceable, more so. Believable is more of what I would say. Um, you know, did a great job of conveying, these kids did, a, you know, like you said, kid actors can be a detriment. Uh, I think we said mentioned that in the Ernest movie. And I think just the Ernest movie was a detriment, but mm-hmm. on society, but, uh, you know, but in terms of kid actors in this movie, I think it was great. And you know you did have some some good um, tent poles like you, you mentioned. Um, um, you know Karen Allen, Dennis Leary mm-hmm. is starting to come into his own here as an actor. James Earl Jones, especially. Um, I mean, we didn't mention it, but Art LaFleur. yeah was Art in LaFleur. it for That's all right. of about thirty five seconds. Plays the babe. Yeah, um, the yeah, blackest black and white grainy babe. Um, yeah, paint by colors at one point it looked like. <laughs> but I mean, he's been in a ton of movies. Oh So, yeah. you know, and, and this one being in 93 was halfway through his movie career. So he, he kind of has a pretty good idea of how to act. Um, but man, he choose the scenery to say the least. Oh, yeah. Oh, he had big time playing that up. I think that was probably the worst acting in the movie and that's being surrounded by a that's, bunch of kids. You know
0: you're right. You're 100% right. That was a weird babe. I I it just felt very that that did feel wooden that piece. That felt kind of mm.
1: Well, there was there was a movie called uh, 61, I believe. And um yeah, it was definitely 61 and they they went a little bit more with realistic looking people that played mm-hmm. those characters. Was it 61? No, that was that was definitely not the movie. Um Barry Pepper's in that movie, by the way, and Barry Pepper is a great actor. I don't care what anybody says. Um, but there was a movie that had something to do with Babe Ruth. I forget what it was. So babe? I think it was called Babe. Yeah, who was that? John Goodman?
0: It was, no, it was a bunch of animals, bro. They it was the thing where they had oh, the animals playing. I was the talking about players. the Babe, not Babe. <laughs> yes, no, John Goodman does play the Babe. Although, uh, but there's also that the was one-
1: 1992, and this could have been this came that came out in 92. The Sandline came out in 93, so why not not use Goodman
0: Yeah, or even the guy in in the natural, the guy who played who was supposed to play the babe in the natural looked great, you know, he looked really good. The Whammer, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's get into the music and soundtrack. Do it, loved it. Like 1950s, 60s, a lot of doo-wop, some R&B, Motown stuff in there. Um, I mean, when you look at the soundtrack, you know, songs like The Lion Sleeps Tonight, Tequila, Wipeout, There Goes My Baby. I mean, these are just hits. Those are hits of the day. And, it, and I love, I think I said it on the last episode or yeah, it must have been the last episode where when you have your soundtrack fits the era, mm-hmm. it, it works. It makes you
1: feel more, it's more, there's like an authenticity to it, you know? I agree. Yeah. And and I was thinking the same thing. It was, you know, it was quite good. It was, it was believable. It didn't take you out of it. You didn't hear like, I don't know, pick a, a current artist. Pa, what was it, what were their names? Paz and Baz or <laughs> Pete and Baz. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Could you imagine that shit, dude? That uh, okay. Ray Charles singing America, the beautiful. That's nice. During that whole 4th of July scene. That was so sweet, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. there was they use it perfectly too, you know? Um, what was that one, uh, this magic moment when he kisses her, remember mm-hmm. like he, he faced himself drowning. And so that music plays on. Right. And, and the lyrics are literally this magic moment with your lips next to mine, like all of these things, the music was perfectly used, you know what I mean? To really just kind of accentuate and, and really just fill this world that was built for this hour and 40 minutes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just fit. And, and yeah, it was, a, it was a very good soundtrack for you know to to make it feel mm-hmm. realistic.
0: And the score as well. The score was 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 great. There was parts where there was kind of like a whimsical feel to it. There was parts of it that, you know, it just it felt grand, but it it, it it meant something at that time. It it's it was a great balance between the actual, you know music songs, uh, and 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 score if that makes sense. Soundtrack music and score.
1: hmm No, it does. Yeah. It's it's not at all Original. It's not all, uh, you know. It's not all music from, yeah. you know, from, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's get into that, the effects, special effects.
0: Uh, practical, obviously, right. So here's the thing. I can tell you that when they show us the animatronics of the dog right before we actually see a real live dog every mm-hmm. other instance of representation of this beast i mean it's not the gr- it's it, you know it's, it's not the greatest it's not top of the line realistic looking but it fits what it's supposed to do for the film mm-hmm. it it it's almost like a caricature in terms of again we're living through the memory of somebody who experienced this as a kid so everything is much more grand much more scary much more you know kind of over the top and so it fit for me. Like I watched this and I didn't go, oh man, that's hokey. That looks horrible. I looked I watched that like just really enjoying how it looked. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah it it, it it was not believable from the viewer but you know it 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 was serviceable I think is is really the best way I can describe it. Um it's definitely something that's a little goofy but yeah you know but you know considering the time and you know, when it was filmed, animatronics were, I mean, this isn't a Jim Henson's Muppet, you know, Jim Henson's <laughs> Workshop Muppet. No. Uh, it's also not a, um, who's that scary company, Boston Dynamics? Yeah. Uh, that It's not a Boston Dynamics uh, thing or a NASA Mars rover. It's, but it's it, it's, okay. It's also not a goofy dog. I'm sorry. It's also not a goofy van dressed up like a dog. <laughs> you know, it's right. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, but you don't, you know, and a point I want to make earlier, but I never got around to it was they don't show you the whole thing Mm-mm. in realistic views, meaning you don't see it in standard color, color corrections, either in black and white mm-hmm. uh, and a little grainy or mm-hmm. you see just a portion of it. They take the Jaws approach with this as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think you. I think you see the whole thing maybe one time. Yeah for a couple seconds yeah and so you're not stuck on well what the hell is that thing? not until That's later ridiculous.
0: yeah but other than that you're seeing muzzle you're seeing a lot of drool and slobber you're seeing a lot of teeth you know you're seeing giant paw well. the one giant paw that just kind of comes down and it's super stiff so it doesn't even look realistic but it again it just fits what's happening in the film and so though so again it doesn't have to look realistic in that regard it has to fit the way the the story and the narrative is being told mm-hmm. um the other special effects, again, is that grainy black and white look, which I like the way they not only did they make it black and white, but then they added that s- slight little snow to it. The graininess, like almost like you're watching a TV that's not completely in focus. You know what I mean? Back you're watching a States. cereal on Exactly. The, you know,
1: or like um, like rabbit ears that uh, for TV. Yeah. are a little fuzzy. And for um, kids
0: who don't understand what that means, we literally cut off rabbits ears and stuck them on top of televisions back in the day. This is a prequel to Get Out. <laughs> or us rather, um, but there yeah. Other than more. that, there was not much in terms of special effects for this film. This film was was straight up, you know, straightforward. Was there? What is there,
1: it? There were a few. Well, the, so maybe what the the, uh, the fireworks? Uh, maybe, but the Babe transition from yep, you know, paint by numbers to a real to a real boy. Yep, uh, as well as when they hit the Babe Ruth home run, the the ball it come yeah. it came right at you, and that you was saw pretty the signature. Cool, that was it, cool. It was an obvious thing, but at the same time, it was, you know, you're like, oh, you, you didn't think about how goofy that looked because it wasn't RoboCop. Yep. But yes, you, exactly. Yeah. But you you did know that it was like, I don't think so. I think that part of it is perfectly done, even with that, that graphic, that CG or that effect, because you knew the type of shit that, that Smalls was going to get into because oh, yeah. of that. Not, oh, yeah. not the goods. You know, he was going to get into. Oh no, I'm dead. That yeah. kind of shit.
0: It was accentuating the fact that don't forget. Boom, Babe Ruth in big mm-hmm. letters across your screen as it really slow mows it, and then it well, goes it, through to the next scene. You know.
1: Well, and if you're not paying attention, you know, you, you don't you don't notice that, or you don't think that. Oh, that's that's the movie that or the movie that's the baseball that he's going to get is the one that's signed by Babe Ruth. Yeah, it's you know it, what he's going to get is a baseball yeah and he just so happened to get the one signed by babe ruth and they yeah. they put it right on front street that by the way don't forget he's in deep shit now very nice the deepest
0: um all right bro let's get into the end of this now let's talk about some of our favorite stuff let's talk about our thoughts on the film and give it a rating we're doing this out of five slobbering beasts mm-hmm. do you want to go first or you want me to go first
1: Um, I'll go first. This is the first time I saw this movie, so I'll kind of, I'll give the fresh perspective here. Uh, So, so as far as this movie goes, it is a baseball movie. That's why we picked it. Um, in In terms of pop culture, I have heard the "You're Killing Me, Smalls" Mm -hmm. uh, phrase a lot, and and I knew that I knew what it was meant to invoke. You know, like "Come on, man, you're wearing me out," or, or "Really, you're gonna go." You know, it's. But I have never seen the movie this movie obviously uh uh, to know the references when i heard it the first time i'm like that's it that's what people are basing it on (laughs) and then he said it again and i'm like all right so the second time was a little bit more of like it it hit home not hit home but like it made more sense Uh, i'm trying to think of another movie right now that that had a that that created a, a a turn of phrase but I can't off the top of my head. Dead or I mean, it's more of a slogan that you don't, you don't go up to somebody and be like dead or alive. You're coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, or oh, okay. oh, here's one. You got <laughs> stay, months. In stay month. with me. If you want to leave, come with It's come with me. If you oh, want to come with live. me, that's right. Come that's with that me. Mandela effect, right? Well,
0: I'll be back. Right. Like I'll be back. Maybe, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that gets thrown um,
0: around, but you know, there are things here and there, mm-hmm. but you're right, man. This is one that kind of just kind of entered the zeitgeist.
1: Very much so. Um, you know, and, and the actors, obviously all of these kid actors were, were very good uh, so much so that a couple of them went on to do different TV shows together or different movies together. And, you know, I think that's, that speaks to the, the chemistry and the camaraderie of the, of the kids, the actors uh, as well as um, you know, everything else that, that, um, that they did in this movie. Uh, the story, uh, the plot, the, uh, the script, if if it was acted as it was written, uh, w- was, was wonderful. Um, I, I can't disagree with anything being uh, out of place or I, I don't think there was any type of plot holes that we saw. Uh, there might've been some leaps of logic, but keep in mind, this is a time before our time that this took place in. So, you know, 30 years ago, almost, I don't know, maybe this was uh, Dave... Uh, the director was born in 1962. So this is right around just before his time. Yeah. But, you know, but those are, he has more of a, uh, an experience related to this than, than we do being right. born 20 years after that. Um, you know, again, the acting was great. The soundtrack was great. The story was was quite good. Uh, very enjoyable, very relatable. Uh, and the, you know, it, it's very, the effects were not goofy, there's no ed 209 that shows up in that garage, that, uh, that backyard would have been great. (laughs) Um, so here's your listener homework, take out the dog, put in an ed 209.
0: (laughs) And just destroy the kids Yeah, and the movie
1: right away. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I did like the James Earl Jones, um, scenes where, you know, it was, everything was, it, it really put into effect how everything was, or it really put hit home that everything was the perception of these kids Mm -hmm. and how legend around certain things grows to it's whispered down the lane. Yeah. You know, or telephone, you know, it's it's the same game pretty much. Uh, You're just using different, some of them you're, you're using the instruments you were born with, you know, cupping your hands over your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Or a telephone. That's those are the only toys you need to play that game. Yeah. Uh, but you know all in all you know i i didn't pick up my phone to do anything until i was like who plays the babe because he looks way too familiar for me to remember who that mm-hmm. is um you know the movie made it cost seven million and made three 34.3 million in the box office mm-hmm. i'm sure it has made far more now in, in oh, licensing yeah. in it's called you know,
0: classic now
1: it's considered cult classic oh absolutely and I like the fact that the <laughs> that the um, that in in the Wikipedia article it says it figures for worldwide VHS and DVD sales yes. are estimated to be uh, over seventy six million. Get those VHS tapes. Hey, they're worth, they're actually coming back and worthwhile. Not coming back, but there's like Get a them. value related to them now. Um, you know, so it, and it's it's a 20th century Fox film, which means that it's now a Disney film. However, unfortunately not yet on Disney plus at the time of this recording, I won't knock it for that. But you know, as far as this movie goes, um, I didn't have a firm number in my head when, uh, when we started this, but for this one, I, I think I have to give this uh, a pretty solid four, seven, five out of five. Nice for me i'm I'm starting
0: out by letting you know it's five because I love this film I, really, I remember loving it it was one of those you know super quotable films a lot of a lot of scenes in this movie are super memorable you know when it comes to the contraptions that they they create to try to get the ball back when it comes to the you're killing me smalls gimmick when it comes to the camp out you know when he when he wants to know you know hey what, what's the story behind this thing instead of just telling him they're like camp out This is an opportunity for all of us to kind of hang out and and have a camp out. And then we can tell them a story the way these, this kind of story should be told in the dark with, you know, a flashlight up under your face. Um, You know, there's so much about this movie that I loved and then watching it, revisiting it again, I never know. Right. Because I really did think I was going to go in because I'm looking at all of these now critically. So I, I, I really thought I'd go into never ending story and still enjoy it with that critical eye. Whereas this one, Um, I did, I said, I went into it with the critical eye and I did still enjoy it. Right. It wasn't, Mm -hmm. it wasn't something that was ruined for me. So that really just shows me how good this film was. It's, It's a feel good. It's a coming of age. And I always loved coming, coming of age films, um, Yeah. What else can I say? Great cast. The kids were amazing. You know, the adults in it, you know, for the minimal amount of time that they spend on screen are very believable in what they do. Soundtrack kills, uh, slaps as the kids say these days, the soundtrack slaps. Is that, is that
1: a real thing? Uh, that's a real thing, my friend. I I don't support that at all. We're
0: doing, (laughs) we're doing it from now on. I'm going to let you know whether or not a soundtrack slaps or not. This one slaps. Um, (laughs) I don't
1: approve of that
0: (laughs) and then dude anytime there's a dog in a film and the dog is not killed or is not an asshole I'm, I'm down for it and I love this this giant you know Mastiff he was awesome He's a cool dog, man. I I forgot about the part when the fence fell on him and I was starting to feel bad. And I was starting to think to myself, shit, I can't remember. Does he die? Does he die? Is this going to be a bad thing right now? Like, I don't want to watch this dog die. And no, he didn't die. It was all good. Spoiler alert.
1: There is a website called does the
0: dog. Die?" Yes. Yes. Aaron uses that because she will not watch movies. If if there's a dog dying, she will not watch. I am legend because she already knows it's no good. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, dude, yeah, it's going to be a five because I loved it, you know, and it's, it's again, baseball is not uh, one of my favorite sports. I enjoy, it's not bad, but you know, in terms of watching baseball movies, I said it before not not normally my go-to, but the last two we've seen, uh, you know, have, have been pretty good. So Sandlot killed. I enjoyed it. And, um, that's it. Yeah. Five, five out of five slobbering beasts for me. So there Uh, you have it. Yep, Another one. In the books, dude. Another one in the books. We're, we're coming into the ninth inning now. Top of the ninth, bottom of the ninth. We've got one more to go. And this time we're going, is this one Disney? I think I asked you that before. I can't remember. You said maybe, right? It's 20th century.
1: This one is also 20th century Fox. So again, technically is Disney, but it's also it feels, not on Disney Plus yet. All
0: these films always feel like Disney films because anytime I think of family films, I feel like Disney films. And this is a family film a family sports film uh we're talking about rookie of the year
1: the bone is fine but the uh tendons have fused with the humerus is that bad it's unusual uh let's take a look okay let's start with the fingers good good now raise the arm good good now to the side good uh now bend at the elbow Good, good, and now rotate from the shoulder slowly.
0: Oh! 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 Oh.
1: Funky butt loving. Did he say funky butt loving? Oh! (gasps) I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. Are Are you all right? I I uh, I I think what's happened here is that those tendons have healed uh, a little tight.
0: Um, snap your arm and all of a sudden you're like the, you know, the, the pro that everybody wants. No. Did you ever break a bone in your life? No. No. I no, have. I, I broke my arm a couple. I broke my arm twice, my leg once. And I remember thinking to myself when I saw this film, yeah, I don't run faster. Uh, I don't throw faster.
1: <laughs> well,
0: what, what was what's that
1: about? Well, he didn't technically break his arm, I don't believe. Right. I think he compressed all the tendons. It was something, and, right? And whatever in his arm when he slipped and fell on it. We'll see. Um, I can't then, remember. Uh, I, I will tell you, though, if you're looking for a father figure, this movie is not a how-to. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs>
0: I can't you, wait to see this again, dude. I've,
1: do, do you want to know? Do you want to know who the father figure turns out to be? Oh, God, who? Gary Busey.
0: So, yes. I cannot wait to watch this now. This is going to be amazing. Amazing. I saw it when I was a kid, dude. I can't, again, the only thing I remember was the broken arm or because it was in a cast, right? He had it in a cast. Maybe you know, it shoulder, was. Shoulder, arm, whatever it was. See,
1: and and here we go. Not rem- Now, I remember Gary Busey is definitely <laughs> in this movie, <laughs> but I don't. And, and the kid that uh, Thomas Ian Nichols who eventually was in American Pie. Yeah. Uh, but I don't remember now that you say that. I think, was his arm up? in a yeah, camp, it was like for a while. A then after
0: a while, it was like this swing down was amazing or something. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Dude, I can't wait to see this. This is going
0: to be great. Uh, anyway, all right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Silence Your Phones. We appreciate it. Make sure to head over to the website, BICBP-radio.com. Uh, check out some of the other shows on the network. Make sure to support them, but then come back to Silence Your Phones because you know we're the favorite. Sean, what
1: else you got to say before we head out? Uh, hopefully, we're winding down with this whatever this is uh this uh moment in time and just remember to stay the course stay safe stay sane and if somebody else is not doing that just do it double 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 up uh yeah
0: follow those directions and as always it is now time to unsound your phones